Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, what's going on, guys? We've got a special guest today. we got Rich Rudinsky. He's founder and CEO of Tragic Media. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing great, Jordan. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you here on the Clocked In podcast. So where does your story start for you? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the story with uh, Tragic really starts uh, coming out of college. Um, I made a shift in my career over to you know, new, new media and, and kind of the web. Um, and I, uh, got a really great job at a, a cutting edge, uh, agency down here in San Diego, uh, learned, you know, kind of the ropes of, of the, you know, web, uh, industry consulting industry and stuff. Um, and it's from there that, uh, you know, I hit a growth ceiling at that, uh, job where I just wasn't kind of getting the traction in my career that I wanted to see. Um, at that point, it was like the 2008 recession. And when I was looking for other jobs, I just wasn't finding, you know, anything really available and open. Um, so instead of just kind of like, you know, staying at somewhere where I really wasn't happy, I decided to just move out onto my consulting. Uh, most people in the web industry do things on the side, help out friends and family and stuff or whatever. Um, and I had started to get a lot of different uh, work coming in from that, uh, referrals coming in and everything. And so I was just like, I'm going to double down on this consulting. I'll just kind of have that pay the bills while I'm out there looking. Then I can look full time for, you know, a job um, and be more focused on that. And uh, that just didn't really pan out the way that I thought. So uh, couldn't find a job. And my consulting just kind of really kept taking off more and more to the point where I had to start to hire other people to help me out oh, wow. you know, with it. Yeah. So then, you know, uh, I was doing the consulting for a while and then it, it shifted into me bringing on people and then starting to, you know, so I went from, you know, kind of a solopreneur uh, down to entrepreneur and really, you know, went down that path of building a consulting company. And that's what I've been doing for the past, uh, it's coming on the 12th year now of running my company. Wow. Congratulations. First Thanks. off. Uh, second of all, I want to go back to when you were doing the consulting, you had the clients. Yeah. I feel, were you juggling? Like, don't you feel oh, like yeah. you're juggling like a hundred oh, things? It was like, you know, during the day I was playing project manager and then at night I was playing developer. And then, so it was like, you know, a lot, I was doing like sales and project management during the day and then actually doing all the work at night. And I was like, this isn't like sustainable. Like I can't be working this many hours just to, you know, I was making good money by it and stuff, but you know, it was just, it was way too much. I had too many things, um, that I was responsible for, um, you know, finding the next, 
you know, consulting gig, um, you know, managing that project, uh, you know, doing the actual work. And then so bringing on people is when I, I really started to transition away. I mean, it took a while for me. I mean, that's a whole kind of growth thing and, and people are paying you for your expertise. And then all of a sudden they're going to pay you for somebody else to do the work for them. Like that was, oh, a, okay. yeah, you know, so I that know. was like a, I had to work, you know, with my clients to kind of get over that hurdle of like, yes, you know, like I'll still be making sure it's, you know, the, the best work possible, but like, I'm not going to literally be doing all the work. Um, when did you, when did you come to that realization slash how did you go through that? Cause I feel like that is a very stressful time of, they trust me, but they don't trust the random guy I'm going to hire. Yeah, it he was might not uh, be a random guy. He might be a very good guy, yeah. but it's just the fact <laughs> of like, yeah. I don't know him. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then uh, I think one portion of it is that we didn't, you know, the brand, we had the name, we had a logo and everything, but it wasn't really, you know, the brand that it is today. So that's, you know, it's a lot easier when you have a really strong brand because then they're not buying from you, they're buying from the brand. But at that point, you know, they were all buying from Rich. Um, you know, yeah. expecting Rich to do the work. Um, so A, it's about, you know, making sure that you're bringing on good talent that can, you know, keep at the same level that you're, you know, doing. Um, and a lot of it's in that story and how you're, you know, explaining to the client that like, hey, this is going to help me be able to do more work, uh, you know, take on more work than I could do before, um, you know, faster turnarounds, you know, better communication. There's, you know, all the upsides of it that you can kind of sell them on. Yeah. I mean, it's always a difficult process going from juggling the job and the side hustle to going full to the side hustle. Absolutely. What, what were you making enough in the side hustle to do that? Or when did you make the decision where you're like, we're going, we're doubling down on this. We're going in on this. We're not looking for a job anymore. I'm what are we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, when I, when I first went into it that, you know, it was a little bit of a ramp up, you know, I obviously wasn't making as much as I was making with my salary, especially salary plus doing stuff on the side. Um, so there was a little bit of a step back there, but it quickly ramped up to the point where, um, you know, I was making as much, if not more than, uh, well, definitely more than I was making, you know, in my salary. Um, and then there was another tra tough transition was when I, you know, started hiring people, then you need to all of a sudden start paying for payroll you know, making sure that, you know, payments are coming down consistently, you know, as a contractor, it's a little bit more flexible. You're in charge of, you know, one income, you know, dealing with your clients, all of a sudden that scales out and you're responsible for somebody else's income. And that, you know, that's a, that's a challenge for sure. Yeah. So now you're dealing with the troubles of scale and paying your payroll. So right, right. how were you going to a mentor? Did you have any resources? You just said, let's get it done. You had just enough get it capital. Done. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of, uh, been a lot of, you know, trial by fire, um, you know, learning the hard way, you know, you make some mistakes, you fall down, you pick yourself up and you don't make that mistake again. Um, uh, I think, you know, I'm in a challenging industry, uh, software consulting, it's just a hard thing to sell. Uh, it's a hard thing to scale to find good workers that can, you know, do the work for you and everything. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs over over the time and learning, you know, exactly what what works for me. Um, I think uh, now I've gotten into more, uh, you know, some coaching and mentorship programs that have been starting to help out a lot. I think that I wish that I had gotten into that a lot, you know, sooner. Um, one thing I will say is for any entrepreneurs that are starting out now, like there are so many more resources out there than there were, you know, five years ago or anything. Like there's so much to help teach you how to take your idea and turn it into a successful business, whether that's a consulting business or whether you're trying to do a startup and get funding, you know, there's a lot of resources. And so, you know, definitely lean on those, uh, you know, consume all the great uh, knowledge that's already out there. And then you have to kind of, you know, always adjust, you know, 
that plan, that program, that um, information that you read to exactly, you know, your uh, product, you know, what you're building, um, because not everything is going to fit exactly, you know, into your industry or into, you know, what you're trying to sell. Yeah. And I think what you said there is so important because what happens is, is there's books, there's podcasts, there's YouTube videos, there's (laughs) Instagram, there's social media. Everyone's allowing you into their lives for absolutely free. I mean, obviously with advertising, people are getting kicks and whatnot. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) But overall, you're getting the inside scoop on what most people are doing. And 99% of people will tell you straight up, hey, this is what I did. But you're like, it wasn't free. So I'm not going to let it was free. How could it be valuable advice? But that's, yeah, you got uh, I think that there's two kind of challenges is one is that there's like this almost overabundance of information sometimes now. Um, and then there's also the fact that everything, you know, you go on LinkedIn, you go on YouTube, like everybody makes it sound like, you know, it was easy. You know, they just did this one, two, three, one plus two. And then, you know, they're up to, you know, 12 now or whatever, you know, they're, they're just scaling, you know, out of, out of control. And I think that a lot of people starting out, that's not how it works. Like there's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of hardship trying to find, you know, what's exactly going to work for your idea or your industry or whatever. Um, and so there's some, you know, steps and, and growth that has to happen there. Um, and I don't think that that's what is portrayed in, in the public eye. So then, you know, people get discouraged and they give up um, where, you know, a lot of, you know, our success has been because, you know, when we hit a hard time, we put our noses down and we grind through um, and come out the other side, you know, and it's, uh, it's been a challenging growth, but it's, it's one that's very fulfilling. And uh, one also that, you know, if we had given up at any of these other points along the way, you know, we wouldn't have the great, you know, company that we have today. Yeah. I never quit mentality. I love that. Yeah. And when you're building and you're doing your consulting and getting more clients, did you ever think about going in other directions or how did tragic develop? Cause you said it was different than it was before. Um, yeah, uh, we have, um, I mean the whole internet has changed very drastically over the last 10 years, you know, of um, course. And, yeah, yeah. And, and so with that, uh, you know, the services that we provide, the, um, you know, what we're building for our clients, it's always adapting and changing. And so we've always had to, you know, stay very, you know, on the forefront of that change to make sure uh, that we are, um, you know, not uh, getting phased out by, you know, the growth of the industry and everything. So there's been a lot of adaptations and change. I mean, when we first started, uh, we were actually a white label solution for other agencies. So we only worked with other uh, design and marketing agencies on their really, really technical projects. That's how we got to work with like Pixar and Lego and all these really, really big enterprise brands and built stuff for uh, GM that went in one of their Cadillacs. Um, we've done some oh, like, wow. really cool stuff. Um, but before it was all through other partners um, and helping them with their really, you know, hard challenges. And then as we grew our brand, we were able to then engage, you know, directly with the end consumer, you know, work with really uh, uh, large uh, customers ourselves now. Um and, uh, you know, that process, you know, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't something you could just turn on. It was, you know, a, a big uh, growth and changes that, you know, both in terms of like how we're doing our marketing, how we're doing our sales, you know, how we're executing our projects, all these things have to adapt. And then what we're building, you know, originally we were very focused on like one or two different platforms. We were working a lot with like Drupal and Angular and these very specific platforms. And then over time, we've had to like really scale out. So now we're like, more of a general consulting, uh, you know, company. So like any technical problem you might have, whether it's with your WordPress site, your Shopify site, your cloud hosting, uh, you want to, you know, 
do hosting migration, data migrations. You want to build an app. Uh, you want to build an IoT product. Like we do kind of the full gamut of it, but that's oh, been wow. a large growth of, you know, building our team, you know, building our services and our case studies and everything. Um, and also, you know, adapting to the changes in the industry uh, because now there's a lot of like no code solutions out there. There's a lot of, you know, easy to do things where design agencies can make websites, you know, very easily, even really dynamic, you know, uh, a very, you know, um, motion driven websites and everything they can do really easily without a lot of development help. Um, and that was, you know, some of the services we were providing very heavily just maybe like five years ago. So again, just always adapting and changing and staying at the forefront of the technology, you know, when it comes to web and digital and apps and all that stuff. Yeah. That's so important to be constantly pivoting yeah, and constantly yeah. be on their toes. I mean, especially like you were saying with digital marketing, because it is such a nimble ever changing. Yeah. Nimble is good. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you see it go? Like, so as things come in, how do you know if they're like, okay, this is the real deal. We got to work on this. Do you, are you guys waiting or are you guys going after it? Or Because there's so much out yeah. there. There's yeah. different. So what what's your real direction or choice of attack? Or <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I think uh, it's really about, you know, what's bringing value to our clients and to the clients that we're trying to get, you know, and like what's really going to uh, help them out. And then also what is something that other companies aren't going to be able to do well? Like, you know, how do we stay differentiated from other development companies, from other, you know, design agencies? How, do, how is our, you know, value prop very unique? Um, and so, you know, a lot of that is about the ongoing support that we do. Um, not a lot of companies support their clients for as long as we do. Uh, most of our clients have been working with us for like, you know, four plus years. We built them great software and then we've helped them support and scale that in a very, you know, cost-effective way. Um, but you know, so it's, it's really understanding, you know, where's the e-commerce space going? Where's the application space going? Where's the hosting environment going? And just understanding how all these different moving pieces are growing and evolving and which of these things are going to be, you know, the right fits for our talent that we have, you know, all the engineering talent that we have, you know, on our team, like, you know, how do we continue to pivot to bring their talent to, you know, be best used to bring value to our clients? Um, so, you know, it is an interesting thing. And then, you know, a lot of it is also like, you can't be too cutting edge, you know, we're not really like huge on like, you know, we've done like some AR stuff and everything, but that's not really a, like a huge service offering that we're doing right now because like the uh, implementation of that is still a little bit lacking in, in terms of the consumer world. So like, you know, it has to reach a certain threshold of, you know, adoption before it's like, this is a solid technology that's going to continue to grow for, you know, coming years and then we feel um, you know, safe investing in and selling to our clients. You know, we don't want to sell some solution that, you know, is going to be gone in a year or that's going to be, you know, uh, um, bought out by something else or evolve into something that, you know, is not what they need. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of strategy and just understanding how technology is moving and changing. Yeah. And I think what you said there is applicable to anyone who's in business. It's customer first. Yeah. Make sure yeah. that the customer, and make sure at the end, the customer's happy. Right. And then you can work backwards and we can figure out the new stuff, but we don't need to hit them with the new thing if they might not need it later yeah, on or if absolutely. it overwhelms them. Like there's no reason to go that direction. Especially in technology. I think, you know, uh, it's overwhelming for most, uh, you know, people that are like non-technical, like it's just a bunch of jumbled jargon and words. And they're like, they don't necessarily understand how option A is going to be different than option B. Um, and I think that's one of the things that really differentiates, you know, Tragic as a brand is that, you know, we're always looking out for our clients. I mean, the, the name came, you know, really because like, 
uh, both agencies that we used to work with as well as our initial people we used to work with, you know, they had they had already outsourced the project to contractors or overseas and, and they, you know, been burned three or four times before they finally found us. And they were just like, you know, having this horrible tragedy in, in their, you know, building of their product. And, and they, you know, we helped save them from that. We help companies, you know, really try to understand what it is that they're trying to accomplish and then building the right technology to support them and their growth. Because also, you know, you have to understand not only where they want to launch with, but where do they want to get in five years? Because you don't want to put them into a system that's not going to grow with them because then all of a sudden in five years, they're, you know, they have to rebuild everything. It's really expensive. You know, it'd be better to start with a system that's built for their scale. Um, but, and then on the vice versa, if they're not going to scale super big, then you don't want to build them a really big system that's going to scale if they're not going to you know, take advantage of it. So it's really understanding the client's needs now, client's needs long-term, and then helping put them in a plan that works with their budget. Oh, that's incredible. And so how do you start with people? Like say I was to go in, would I, and right now I'm a solopreneur, but maybe I think I'm going to get to have people under me, grow the consulting firm. How would you... How would we go about that? Would we start off with different budgets, take on more items or? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of our processes is really um, so much of the work that we do is, is custom software development. And a lot of it is about solving unique problems for people. So it's not just about like spitting out Shopify sites. Like, you know, we do do a good amount of Shopify development, but, you know, each project is different than the one previous to it. So it's really about getting in and having conversations and understanding what the client's problem is and you know what they're trying to solve and then we put together you know an estimated budget around that and then we kind of go through discovery and strategy processes with them where we kind of get under the hood you know better understand the problems you know put together some designs to show how you know software might be able to solve their problems you know make sure everybody's on board with it and then we start going through the development and that whole time you know we have like an estimated range of of the project cost and then we're working yeah. with our clients to help them identify which of their features and functionality, you know, which of their needs are the highest priority and then kind of working within. So it's a balance of priority and budget and, and kind of getting there. So, you know, a lot of times we can work with smaller budgets and then just about, you know, launching with a little bit smaller of a product and then growing that over time, which is really oh, the cool, smart way to, cool. you know, build software now. Anyway, it's about like getting the smallest, um, workable product out there and then gathering data, understanding what your customers like, what they don't like, you know, how they, you know, your software needs to change to, you know, better serve them. Um, and then working iteratively and growing it over time. So, you know, that's really what we help, you know, entrepreneurs and startups do is, is build that initial, you know, really strong MVP and then scale that over time. Okay. That makes total sense. Cause I think some people are so scared of I'm sitting here and I'm like, I know about tech, but not really. Like to where rich and tragic are at. Yeah. So I'm, you could get played easily. And I feel yeah, like you absolutely. could get played all the time. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit sad, but there's, you know, that's so much of, you know, what, you know, there's a lot of challenge in that. And, and I think that's one of the other things that, that we really bring to the table is that we work with a lot of non-technical people. So we can help take all the technical jargon and stuff and break that down in a way that our clients can understand so that they can make informed decisions about whether they want to go, you know, path A or path B, you know, are we going, you know, an off the shelf system or are we building something custom um, and understanding, you know, what are the benefits, the pros and cons, you know, of both paths um, and really understanding it rather than, you know, upselling them for whatever system, uh, you know, we're uh, making the most money off of from kickbacks or partnerships, yeah. you know, that's not really our style. It's about like, you know, what is, how are we going to best serve, uh, you know, our solve our clients' problems? 
Yeah, I, and I love that because it, it really is a dangerous game because you can go down um, – you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. easily. Easily. And might be nothing that you get from it. Right, right. No, you can – like, uh, I mean, there's been, you know, clients that, that bring us projects where – you know, after they get them, um, you know, vetted by third parties and stuff, like you know, they find out that the project they've been working on for the past year or two, like it's it's all just trash code and none of it's like scalable. And really, their best option is to start over. Um, which is like, devastating. Which is devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Um, so that's why it's you know, if you can get with a good team and start with a solid foundation, then you can grow, adapt, change, pivot. Um, but you know, if you're put into you know flimsy foundation, like it's really hard to scale that way. So you know, it's and and I will quickly also say, like, building your own engineering team, I feel like uh, the whole startup mantra is like, you know, build your tech team. Well, for a lot of non-technical people, that's super challenging, like finding and hiring engineers and everything. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you can still build a, a new product. You can build, you know, a startup without having that technical team, you know, in-house. But it's about finding a really good, you know, partner consulting firm, um, you know, like us or like, you know, there's a lot of other great software teams out there. But, um, you know it's about vetting them properly and understanding, you know, we actually put a blog up on our uh, site recently. If you go to, you know, tragic media, tragic.media and check out our blog, uh, there's uh, an article uh, there pretty recently about, you know, helping vet, like, you know, some ideas on how to, you know, better vet your, you know, digital partner and your software partner uh, just to help people better understand, like, you know, what are some tools that you can use to make sure that the people that you're going to be paying thousands and thousands of dollars to are actually going to give you something good at the end end of that that yeah. you can then take and grow. Yeah. And do people, when they're coming to you, you guys always, because I know that people were outsourcing these and it was a major issue because then the developers that are in like India or Bangladesh, they would just steal the information, end up stealing the product. Is that? that that's definitely, there's, there's a lot of like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, problems, I think, you know, uh, in just technical consulting, you know, whether it's yeah. you know, going to an agency and, you know, um, there's also, you know, issues of, you know, maybe they're, they're not doing the, the work in house and they're, you know, outsourcing it to, you know, somebody, maybe they're not outsourcing to a great company like us. Maybe they're outsourcing it to a cheaper overseas company to like maximize their margins and yeah. maybe they don't have good, you know, control over those teams. And then, so then either the features aren't, you know, built well or, you know, built, you know, the way that they're outlined or, um, I have heard problems about like that before where, you know, they actually like steal your, you know, intellectual property and build their own, you know, apps and stuff like that. Um, it's, it is a, you know, uh, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky industry, you know, when you're not in it to really understand, you know, all the different, you know, possible outcomes and, uh, to understand how you can get played, you know, across the board there. Um, so, you know, again, finding that good partner that, that really can, you know, be truthful to you and help, you know, ensure your success, I think is, is really, uh, very valuable. And so if you don't have the means to build that team in-house yourself, then it's about really finding a really good consulting partner that can work with you. Um, and so, you know, there are some, you know, tricks, you know, uh, well, you know, just tools you can use to like, you know, little things like, you know, asking for referrals of other, you know, clients that they've had, you know, looking at their past work. Um, you know, it's not necessarily always about like, have you done X, Y, Z for another client before, but really just, you know, understanding like, you know, their client satisfaction, like our do clients stick with them, you know, after they build yeah. products, do they continue to work with them? You know, that's a, that's of a good course. indicator. Um, and, and, you know, really understanding like, you know, what they're building and making sure that they're solving, you know, really the, the core problems that their clients have when they come to them. Um, you know, understand where their teams are. Um, you know, we are all U.S. based 
um, uh, engineers. All of our team yeah. is, you know, in-house. Uh, we have, you know, some contractors we work with, but they're all, you know, U.S.-based, and uh, we're very, you know, good on working only with like mid and senior level talent. Like understanding how the company you're working with, you know, executes their project. Like, you know, are they, you know, do they have teams, you know, uh, in-house? Are they in the U.S.? Are they, you know, diverse teams? Are they, you know, nearshore, offshore? Um, just under, you know, not that offshoring is bad, not that nearshoring is bad by any ways means, but like understanding that is really important because then you just know like who's making your, you know, who's executing this product for you. Um, and you know, some of the challenges that might come with that. Yeah. You need to know where the actual work is coming from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Rich, you have on a change of note, you have one (laughs) of the most interesting body type things (laughs) there is. So what? Well well put. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> He's got tattoos, body modifications. So where did this all come from and what do you what do you really enjoy about it? Um I mean it all comes from, you know, like kind of like the some of the subcultures, you know, that I'm part of and you know, uh, I used to be big into like the music scene and stuff and um and I think just Ultimately, it's because I'm a very artistic individual. Um, I'm very technical, but I'm also very artistic. Uh, but my, uh, I don't have like a good medium of expression. Like I'm not a painter. Um, so this is kind of my medium of expression is, is my body art and uh, my modifications. And just, you know, um, I'm also, you know, very into, uh, you know, technology and change. And I think there's some really interesting, uh, you know, evolution of, of uh, humanity, you know, as we start to, uh, some of the possibilities of merging, uh, you know, um, uh, some uh, technology products with, you know, bioorganics and stuff and being able to, you know, not necessarily, I mean, some of the brain stuff is a little bit extreme. If you watch the, uh, you know, uh, the pig uh, thing that Musk did uh, just the other month, but, um, you know, there's still some really cool, you know, possibilities in the near future, um, you know, surrounding that. Um, and yeah, so I, I just find it really interesting. I find it, you know, always uh, pushing the bounds in everything that I do, you know, from technology and, and art and, and myself even. So. So let's dive into that a little bit. What body okay. things do you see modif- modifications? Are you saying implementing technology like the health or what are you? I mean, there's, to? there's all sorts of things. I mean, there's some, uh, you know, obviously there's like, you know, new health devices and everything that are coming out. Um, you know, there's the possibility of embedding, you know, some of that, uh, you know, under the skin, um, or, uh, you know, there's a lot with, um, uh, you know, different, uh, prosthetics and, and, you know, right now it's all focused around, I think like helping people that are hurt or overcome, you know, uh, disabilities. Um, but I think, you know, there's going to be, you know, a trend, um, where, uh, you're able to, you know, I, I think technology is going to get to the point where, you know, I mean, they're already experimenting with, you know, brain Im- embedding and stuff like that, you know, um, having, uh, you know, ocular implants or something. So you can like see, you know, uh, screens and stuff just right on your eye. Um, you know, I think there's a lot with, uh, you know, potentially like, you know, with some of like the health watches and stuff, um, having those actually just like being part of, of you and, and reading, you know, directly from, um, some of your, uh, you know, um, biosystems, if you will. Um, you know, and then I think, I think there's just going to be, you know, cool things. I mean, there's one guy who is the first, uh, officially recognized cyborg and he has a, an implant in his skull that helps him to feel vibrations and changes in like waves around him and stuff. And he's like this really, I think he's like a German, um, 
um, uh, like a synth musician or something like that. Um, but he has like this crazy thing coming out of his head and it helps him just like feel sound basically or something like that. Um, so, you know, I think that there's just artists and people that are just always interested in pushing the bounds of this. So there's just going to be weird things. I think soon that you'll just be able to like, you know, surgically implant into your body or whatever to give you, you know, I don't know, have Facebook on your face. I, I, I don't know, man. But, you know, I think this it's a very interesting place there. And there's a lot, um, you know, one of the uh, people that um, does some of my mods was working with um, some people over at. Uh, one and of and the what's a mod? What's a mod really quick? Just uh, it's, it's just a modif body modification. So like, you know, I have um, some implants or uh, some of the, you know, more uh, hardcore, um, you know, uh, work that I have done on myself um, is done by, you know, uh, basically like an advanced uh, piercer that has like surgical training and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm very unfamiliar with yeah, this. Yeah. Sorry. That's just why I'm just so going down this, you just randomly, you know, turn me down this path that I'm just like, you know, just no, I'm excited. I want to keep hearing. Yeah. So the modder sees what happening. What were you saying? Uh, oh, no, I was just saying that um, one of the people uh, that, that does do some of like the implants, they implant um, silicone under the skin. Um, and so uh, they, uh, this person was working with one of the tech schools who was trying to make, you know, like uh, uh, device implants that, that could be implanted um, and working, uh, you know, to figure out how that could potentially work so that you could you know, have uh, under the skin, you know, um, prosthetics and, and, you know, monitoring devices and other things like that. So, you know, it is something that uh, I think a lot of people are just pursuing in, in a lot of just interesting ways and figuring out how they can, you know, extend uh, our physical or, you know, mental capacities through, you know, technology and integrating that with, uh, you know, organics. Wow. Wow. Right, so it's way down, a, way down a path over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know much about this, like I was saying before. So this yeah. is why it interests me. Yeah. But what are you looking forward to with the, we'll, we'll hop into the tech thing afterwards, the tech future, but the body mods, what are you looking forward to? And, or what do you think is coming that you would be open to with limited like lab research? I mean, of course it's verified, like yeah. the feelings guy, that one's verified or not really verified. It's really, I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, um, if I'm like necessarily looking forward to anything, um, but there's, you know, they're doing crazier and crazier things, you know, all the time. Have you seen like the, uh, you know, um, uh, eyeball tattoos? No. Okay. So they have, uh, so they have a way of changing the color of, of your eye. So the white of your eye, some people are, you know, they turn it black or they turn it green or yellow. Uh, you can go look up eyeball tattoos after this and uh, you just have your mind blown. Um, so that's one of the things that, you know, started happening over the last, I don't know, like five years or something like that. Um, so that's a really crazy, I, I personally haven't done it because um, I have to sell, um, you know, software and there's, you know, I, I'm trying to still not be too crazy. Um, and then also like I use my eyes a lot and there is a very high risk, uh, you know, with the procedure. So like I've just kind of avoided it. Um, but they're, you know, they're continuing to push the, push the bounds. Uh, I think, uh, they've been, uh, some of the implants they have now, um, are glow in the dark. So you can actually get like, have it like light up through your skin. Um, so, you know, they're just always coming up with new and crazy things. And then I'm, I'm sure like, as technology continues to advance, you know, there'll be some hybrids of that where, um, you know, I foresee, you know, there being things that, that, um, 
you know, whether you go to your surgeon or whether you're going to, you know, some, you know, piercing shop or something, but like, you know, having, you know, these other types of devices and stuff that you can kind of like embed or, or modify and enhance, you know, um, maybe not in the next, you know, few years, but uh, I think we are all, you know, uh, that's what, at least that's what, you know, entertainment and everything, you know, I better have my VR headset and, you know, my little, you know, like screen that pops out and stuff, you know, we're, we're almost there, man. We're pretty close. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely wild stuff. I, I find it really interesting. When did you get into it? Um, like college time, you know, basically is, you know, that's when I was really uh, pursuing it. Before I got into the web stuff, I, I did sound for a while and I did like live sound and everything. Um, and so that's where I first, you know, got into the kind of like the modified uh, kind of like subculture and, you know. What, what uh, do you mean by loud, uh, like, sound like you were in a band or like music no like, like I, I was a sound engineer okay so, sound yeah engineer. so I just I just I did some recording and then did like live sound so I ran shows so you know I did oh, all okay. the mixing cool, and cool, stuff cool. for the shows and stuff yeah and they all have that subculture of- no well I'm just like you know it's kind of like a cross-section of like you know the music and the tattoos and like the piercings and stuff you know I I got into you know kind of you know I think uh, you know, in some of like, you know, I'm really big into like the metal scene and punk scene and yeah. stuff. So, you know, everybody's kind of tattooed and pierced and stuff. And yeah. so, you know, then you start, you know, hanging out at the tattoo shops and you start, you know, meeting all these crazy yeah. artists and stuff. And then you look like me, you know, next thing you know. So <laughs> isn't that awesome that in America, we're able to be so open about all this? Like if you find a subculture that you really like, you can jump into it. And there's thousands of people that are doing it as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think also, you know, like, I think we've come to a really, you know, cool place in society where people are just encouraged to be themselves. And, you know, I actually got, I actually had more issues in the music industry looking the way I do than I've had in the digital uh, industry. So like, you know, in music, uh, when I was first pursuing that, um, I couldn't do any like corporate gigs because corporate gigs, you had to be buttoned up like proper. You know, yeah. And, I mean, you couldn't have any piercings, any tattoo showing like, you know, it had because you had to just kind of blend in the background, you know, because yeah. like a stagehand or whatever it was. Um, so I couldn't take any of that stuff. Uh, but then, you know, with the um, when I got into the web industry, you know, it, it was it, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we probably haven't gotten a couple contracts here and there just because people are like, we are not working with them. Uh, but, you know, like for the most part, you know, it's been, it hasn't been a hindrance. And if anything, I think it's been uh, very beneficial to the brand because it helps us, you know, we're just a very unique brand. You know, I'm a very unique person and um, kind of these things all kind of tie together to, to building the brand that, you know, I've built with Tragic. Yeah, I love it. I think it's unique. I think you're a super genuine guy. You're down to earth. You're helping people. I, I think it's awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's definitely amazing that you're allowed to express how you want. So tragic. Where do we see tragic going in the next couple of years? Um, yeah, we are just continuing to grow our team, you know, getting, you know, more advanced engineers on, uh, building some of our, you know, certification, cloud certifications and, and growing yeah. you know, our cloud team and everything. Uh, really trying to get into uh, more into IoT. Um, and building IoT software. Um, so What's have, IoT? Uh, Internet of Things. Uh, so okay, basically, yeah, yeah. you know, software that communicates with other devices and pulls in other information and stuff. Um, and so we have a couple of projects we're working on now with that, uh, really, you know, pushing down that path. Um, and uh, and then I think the other uh, piece of it is that we're, you know, trying to build some uh, additional software, uh, just like our own SaaS software and stuff like that. So 
Uh, ideally, you know, I want to grow it so that we are continuing to be, you know, a top-notch consulting firm helping businesses with their digital transformations, migrations, you know, new um, software development and all those, all those great things. And then also building uh, software that helps, you know, helps us and helps, you know, people in uh, our industry or, um, uh, you know, or, or building other IOT projects, products and stuff, and, and just kind of being able to, you know, put out our own uh, software as well, I think is one of my, you know, kind of upcoming goals. Um, and really, you know, it's just about helping businesses to grow and scale and, and do that by, you know, building a great team, uh, you know, uh, distributed, you know, across, across the U S. Yeah, I love it. And with your team are is most of them, where are they located? All over. Yeah. I, you know, early, uh, early on, I was hiring just in San Diego, uh, but pretty, pretty early we, we started by getting remote people. Um, and a lot of that is just because San Diego is like, it's a very kind of small pond down here. Um, so a, I don't want to fight, startups and other like much better funded companies for talent, you know, um, they can definitely outprice me, uh, you know, um, and then also a lot of the technologies that we work with, the talent pool here in San Diego isn't really aligned with some of the different systems and stuff that we use. Um, and I, so a lot of our, uh, engineers are actually on the East coast. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's for us, it's really about finding the best fit, um, both in terms of experience and technology with the different uh, languages and stuff that we use. Um, and then also with our culture, somebody that's looking to be part of a small team that's growing quickly, uh, you know, being part of somewhere where, you know, you work hard, um, but you get a lot of flexibility with that. And you're always going to be working on new and challenging projects. You know, there's not a lot of like kind of clock in clock out here, you know, everything's very fast paced in the consulting world. So um, some people love that. Some people don't. So it's about, you know, finding people that really align with what we offer. Um, and you know, just bringing on that best talent possible. Awesome. Yeah. And as COVID came on, did you guys have any issues? It seems like you guys were kind of on train already. Yeah. So like in terms of like the infrastructure, it didn't hit us that hard. Like we had an office here, so I had to close that down, um, just because it didn't make sense to have anymore and just paying rent for nothing. Um, but our team was already mostly remote. And so the couple people in San Diego just stopped coming to the office. Um, it did hit us like, you know, uh, financially harder than expected. Uh, you would think everybody's going online. There's lots of, you know, uh, money there for us. Um, but a lot of the clients that we were working with, you know, they were in hospitality or they were entertainment or some of these other uh, industries that got hit kind of hard. And so they all pulled back their budgets. So obviously like they're not spending with us because they're trying to figure out their own kind of thing. They're trying Um, to survive. Yeah. And then sales obviously has been like very, like, you know, it's a very uh, interesting time to be a salesperson, you know, doing business development during COVID, like be very sensitive, very kind of walk that line, very, uh, you know, uh, tiptoe along things, you know, a little bit. Um, So uh, luckily, you know, it it didn't hit us for too long. We were able to get a little bit of relief and and scaled back up. Uh, But um, I think in terms of infrastructure, we've a little bit ahead of the game. You know, we already had all of our systems in place for communication and management and all that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely wild experience for a lot yeah, of people. Right? And that's why I always want to check in and see how yeah, I'm yeah. with it. Awesome. So, Rich, where can people find you? Um, so, tragic.media. Check us out. We have a fun site. Uh, you can see some of the different work and projects that we do. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn. 
uh, Tragic Rich. You can find me uh, on there pretty easily. Um, you know, connect with me. I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear what you know everybody's working on. Um, you know, if there is a need for technical consulting, whether it's with your website, e-commerce, hosting, or you want to build some new software or product, uh, you know, please reach out, uh, either contact us on the website or, you know, just connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message. And, you know, I'd love to, you know, do a free consultation, just kind of learn about, you know, what anybody's problems are, um, you know, with their business or where they're trying to go with their scale and, you know, see if we might be able to help them out. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Rich. Yeah. He's thanks definitely for a good guy. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast for that. We'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.